Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go fulfill that purpose? Our guest today is one that we've had on uh, in the past. It's one that I'm really excited about. We hope to make him a, a semi-regular feature of the One Flesh series on the Purpose Podcast. So, Clint Walker, uh, we had you on a couple of weeks ago to talk about your life and your story. Um, today, we are having you on to talk about the One Flesh series. Uh, this is a series that, I mean, obviously, you know, you you. <laughs> elected to join it but for the listeners that maybe haven't heard yet uh it's a series strictly on marriage and you know trying to show men uh how to you know find a wife uh and how to conduct that marriage and you obviously have uh quite a bit of experience uh keeping a marriage together so um i reached out to you and uh reached out to you and said hey man i'd really like to have you on uh now we don't know how regular it's going to be you're you're a super busy guest but hopefully you know uh you know a few times we're going to have you on to, to talk about, uh, you know, marriage and, and, you know, kind of dive hyper-specific into some marriage topics and, uh, give us your thoughts. Um, so, you know, first off, is everything going well today? Are you, are you, um, everything going well with, with the marriage and all that stuff? How's it going? <laughs> well, yeah, the good news is we're still married. Um, you know, so awesome. we don't have to, we don't have to shift gears into the counseling uh, phase of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I, Literally just uh, walked in the door last night from a, a short uh, business trip and a little chaotic this morning, you know, getting life back in order. But it actually goes to, you know, one of the pillars of success for a marriage. And, you know, my my wife is, uh, you know, a big time support uh, for me, the business, you know, uh, and she not only keeps the household uh, going with, you know, getting kids off to school and to you know, boxing or football, whatever they got going on. But, you know, I, I don't have to worry about things when I'm gone. So I didn't come back to chaos. Uh, I came back to work. And fortunately, I didn't have to worry about that aspect of it, um, which is which is really good. She she really keeps things uh, moving along. That's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's really good. I, uh, yeah, I knew you had been on some work trips and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it, it's really cool to see that actually just even by mentioning that you completely, uh, not obviously intentionally, but completely changed the direction of this whole podcast. I was going to go with, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go with, uh, with finances and, and cause you had mentioned, you had made a comment in the last, uh, in the last episode about how you're really good at spending money and making money and she was good at managing it. Um, yes. but I think, I want to uh, I want to dive into this idea of chaos management because you know now that it hits me that your life has to be uh, full of organized chaos with all the stuff that you've got going on. You know the the I think I believe you only have two kids the the two yes. kids that you've got in high school with all the activities and the business trips and um, you know when uh, Andy something that is funny uh, I, I listen to Andy Frazella and he always talks about uh, you know more money more problems. Uh, I know that right. uh, you're doing really really well. You know really really successful. And so um, let's talk about, so the, the theme for this podcast has now changed from finances to chaos management. Um, yeah. So I'm glad uh, I didn't, I didn't have you put in a bunch of legwork for finance because this is the way that uh, we're going to go, but I'm going to write chaos management. Um, okay. And what I would kind of like 
is um, walk me through, you know, I, I want to start kind of at the beginning because, you know, even date, I don't know when you started dating your wife or, or anything like that, but uh, even dating and um, trying to find time for your girlfriend when things are chaotic, like in high school or in college, uh, you know, chaos right. is always present when you're, when you're trying to build a relationship. So I, I'd like to walk through kind of early marriage, um, you know, what, what it was like getting married, chaos management, uh, and then, you know, kids and, and life beyond. So start with, sure. you, you know, with, with early, you know, I, I don't know how many, how many girls you dated or anything like that, but let's talk about chaos management and dating real quick. Well, um, first off, Haas, thanks for, you know, setting this up. Uh, it is something that, you know, I do enjoy uh, talking about because I have a, a lot of friends that are entrepreneurs like myself or, and or executives for larger companies. And, you know, there's definitely what I think is a, uh, a formula for success and a formula for disaster uh, when it comes to marriage. And I've seen, you know, both uh, of those uh, up close and personal over the years with uh, different friends. Um, and I'm always intrigued as well as to, you know, what, what makes things work and what makes things go south? You know, what are those signs that you can see that you're like, this isn't working out. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a, you know, a, a old saying, you know, that, uh, you know, the, uh, behind every successful man is, is, you know, a strong woman or a more successful woman. And, and that's true. Um, and so, you know, I'll say, you know, I met my wife, uh, when we worked uh, together in the publishing company, um, we both used to work in consumer print, uh, publishing, uh, magazines, she worked for a magazine called Auto Sound and Security. And when I started working at the company, I was working on a, company, a magazine called Truckin' uh, Magazine. Uh, There's also Mini Truckin', Sport Compact Car, uh, Super Street. You know, we did a bunch of automotive titles. And it's a pretty fast-paced environment. Um, you can imagine when you're young and flying around the country and taking pictures of hot rods and bikini models and all that sort of thing. That's that's what I used to do for a living. And and in fact, that's what I did when, when we met. And, uh, you know, I had a reputation in the company that, you know, I was the one, you know, doing a lot of the uh, cover photography for a magazine we had called Mini Trucking. And, you know, generally you didn't shoot a picture of a, you know, slam shave truck without having a, you know, hot bikini model uh, <laughs> on the cover. And, um, you know, what I found was, you know, I was about 20... Oh, I guess 24, 25 at the time. And, and what I found was, you know, what I thought were, you know, some really hot looking women all had issues, uh, number one. And so, um, you know, you kind of have to make a decision early on as a young man, you know, do I want to be, you know, dealing with this person's problems? And to be honest, I found to, you know, a lot of these, uh, model types, uh, were very high maintenance, um, just, you know, like always had some drama in their life, whether they manifested or it was real or whatever. And I was really, fortunately for me, it was kind of put off uh, to it. Um, so, you know, I, I did date a lot, but I didn't waste my time dating anyone that I went, eh, uh -uh, no, that ain't going to work. Um, right. And my, I moved over to another magazine called Car Audio and Electronics, and I was a tech editor there. And my wife being on AutoSound, we kind of worked in the same office now. And, you know, we knew who each other were at that point, but, uh, you know, didn't really know each other. And 
so we had a good working relationship first. Um, uh, we worked together for about a year uh, before uh, we dated. And then we dated for a year and then we were engaged for a year and then we got married uh, is how it really wound up working out. Um, but, you know, in terms of chaos in, in dating, um, you know, I find that it's like chaos of any sort. A lot of it we introduce into our own lives. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll tell these guys out there, you know, first off, you know, they didn't have dating apps and, and that sort of stuff, you know, back then you actually had to, you know, go talk to somebody in order to get to know them. It wasn't like swipe oh. left or right or however that works. Oh, um, I can't even imagine. You had, to, you, had to walk, yeah. you had to walk uphill both ways to your girlfriend's house. Didn't you? <laughs> exactly. It was cold. <laughs> it was bitter cold. Uh, so, so it was a different, you know, era. And, you know, what I see today with uh, younger and older friends of mine is, you know, they're, they're bitching about their, you know, dating life or whatever and how chaotic it is and they can't find someone or whatever. And it's like, well, first of all, why are you, why are you looking on Tinder for a wife or a girlfriend, right? Why are you looking, uh, why are you going to a bar thinking you're going to meet, you know, the girl of your dreams? You're not going to find them there, right? You're, you're going to find uh, maybe a good time uh, for an hour or two, <laughs> um, but ultimately you're going to introduce chaos into your life, right? Um, you know, that's not where you want to meet that person. And, you know, I've told friends of mine, even friends that aren't, you know, Christians, I've said, you know, you want to, you want to meet somebody, you want to meet, you know, someone wholesome and good or whatever, go to church, you know, go meet a girl at church. Not that, not that there's not crazy girls in the church too, because I know that there are as well, but, you know, that's the first phase is, you know, where, where are you, where are you looking? Um, Number one. And, and, you know, if you're, and also if in, in the workplace, uh, it does create some other <laughs> uh, chaos sometimes, because if you've dated more than one person in the workplace, that can get chaotic uh, when you go to <laughs> girl number two or three. And by the way, I've, I've made those mistakes myself. And so I, I speak with experience. Um, or if you're, or if you're dating the only woman in the workplace that could yes. uh, create right. chaos. Right. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. Cause you know, then you got a bunch of running bucks running around and everybody's puffing their chest out and whatever. And, you know, that can create chaos. So, you know, what, what I say is, uh, you know, we, and my son is a good example. I mean, I give him more of the, you know, fatherly dating advice, which is don't waste your time on something like you set a standard. And when that standard gets uh, you know, it's questionable or it's not met or you go, clearly this isn't the person Don't waste your time with them. And it's not about feeling bad about, you know, just saying, Hey, it's not, I just don't like you, or this just isn't working, but you know, you, you, you're, you don't want to spin your wheels, uh, for, you know, one day, one week, one month, one year, whatever, with someone that, you know, it's not going to work out with. And right. generally, generally you'll know, uh, right away. And any guys listening to this, if uh, they know, right. Um, but in some cases they're, you know, their uh, hormones override their, uh, you know, long-term uh, outlook and, you know, that adds chaos to their life. Right. Um, yes, sir. So I didn't bother with that. And, and I can tell you with, with my wife, the one thing that was a huge appeal to me was, 
you know, she certainly didn't move fast. Uh, in other words, uh, I, I can promise you, and my wife brags about this all the time, and this probably goes against my online persona, but, um, you know, we, we uh, at most held hands for several months. You know, we didn't kiss or do anything, you know. Um, right. it, w- it was very slow going. And, and that, to me, you know, kept me uh, very interested. Um, it, it seemed a lot more, um, it was slower, it was more pure, um, and it was more about getting to know each other than, you know, about uh, skipping, you know, skipping bases and getting the home plate, uh, so yes, to speak. Um, you know, my wife's father is a retired pastor and, uh, you know, that's always an interesting one when, uh, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna make the joke where you said, uh, find, you know, find a girl in church. I was going to make the joke that as long as it's not the preacher's daughter, but yeah, um, well, I guess you're the I, exception to the rule. <laughs> I, I'm the exception. And so, I have to tell you, so my wife was like, you know, uh, there's several funny iterations of this, but, um, you know, her father was retired Presbyterian minister, you know, and she was, I mean, she taught Sunday school. I mean, you're talking little house on the prairie by, you know, Orange County, California standards. Right. And, uh, you know, I show up and, you know, say, well, what magazines does he work on at your work? Oh, he works on mini trucking and here's his photography and it's all these bikini models. Uh, you can imagine <laughs> that her, her mom and dad were, you know, quite alarmed. Um, and in fact, what's funny is uh, her father, every single time I would come over, like when I was leaving, he would like stuff these little pieces of paper in my pocket and they're, I guess you call them tracks you know, where they're, they're they're like scripture on a piece of paper was, you know, and I'm like, what the, you know, like, what do you think I'm some heathen, you know? And, but the (laughs) magazines that I worked on, yeah, you know, I mean, listen, we, we definitely had a reputation and and that, you know, that group. Um, And so I could appreciate, you know, uh, what he was doing. And um, anyway, then, you know, but here's here, you know, I'm just going to get super personal. So we, cause you know, I mean, that's what keeps podcasts interesting, right? Um, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, is. fast forward, we've, you know, held hands, we've, we've kissed, uh, we, um, we get engaged and I'm like, look, I want to, I want to move in together. And I know that that goes against, uh, you know, Judeo Christian ethics or what, you know, however you want to put it. Um, but for me, it was important because I'm like, look, man, you like you never know somebody until you live with them. Right? right. And and, you know, that's what it was about. It wasn't about having sex or anything like that. And, uh, you know, that conversation did not go well uh, with her folks. They were like, what? You know, and, and I told them very directly. I'm like, look, this is this is why I just want to know is is this the right one? It's part of that test drive. And, uh, and (laughs) they just, you know, told me all the reasons that that was a bad idea. And, uh, anyway, long story short, we did wind up moving in together and then uh, it didn't take very long. We had sex, uh, premarital sex, in fact. And, uh, and my wife being as, you know, pure and honest as I'm making her out to be, uh, it was the next time that we were at dinner at her folks' house that they, you know, were 
sitting down having dinner and they're like, so, uh, you know, what's new? And she's like, Clinton, I had sex at dinner. She tells her parents. Uh, and I am just like, oh, what the fuck? I mean, it was like a scene out of meet the parents, you know what I mean? Or meet the fuckers or whatever the, the name of that movie is. I am like, where do you go from there? Topically? I'm like, uh, can you, uh, pass the uh self please uh you know right <laughs> i was like what <laughs> and i look at her i said what are you doing right now and she's like i tell my parents everything and i'm like well don't tell them everything uh, so uh, that was quite a uh you know pivotal moment in our relationship for sure i can yeah, imagine for sure yeah uh so that so was that was interesting yeah so can i can i ask uh with you know hindsight being 40 20 or however they like to say it uh do you still mm -hmm. think that living together before marriage um is a good thing and the, and the reason that i ask is because uh my my perspective on it has been kind of flipped in the in the most recent months and the reason is because it's been presented to me by a couple of different people that it it kind of like you said, it only has the capacity to introduce chaos into the relationship, or at least that's, that's the theory. What, what is your thought on it now after having that experience? Uh, for me, it was, well, you know, of course you're asking the wrong person, right? I mean, in August, you know, we're married 23 years, <laughs> so, uh, right, it's right, worked right. out, right. It, 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 you know, went according to plan. It worked out really well. And, and by the way, uh, you know, I had uh, previously I had one other girlfriend that moved in with me and that lasted about three days. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it was like, like, you know, I didn't like the fact that she was leaving the toilet seat up. So I kicked her out. Uh, no, she, <laughs> I, so, uh, you know, there's, uh, it wasn't the first, uh, you know, long, uh, term, you know, test drive. This was, uh, I, I attempted to do this a few years prior and, right. um, you know, it worked out really well, honestly. Um, it, it gave us both a better understanding of, you know, who we, who we were, who we wanted to be more importantly than that. It was, you know, it was about what are our roles in this house? Um, you know, what are, who's, who's doing what, am I doing man work? I do the, I do the yard and you, and you wash the floors. Like, how does that work? And yeah, that brings me up to another, you know, what I think is a pillar for success. And that is, you know, uh, you know what your lanes are, but not, they don't have to be traditional lanes, you know, uh, you know, people would find it hard to believe now I, I should, uh, people find it hard to believe that, you know, for many, many years up until maybe two years ago, uh, my wife insisted that she, that we clean our own house. We don't hire a, a someone to come in and clean. Right. And I was, you know, at the point where I'm like, my job in our marriage has always been, I, I do latrines, I do the bathrooms. Um, and cause I want to, I want to clean the, the bathrooms and I cook, she, she, you know, we help clean up dishes. She does laundry. Uh, you know, she, you know, like we had a balance. Right. Right. And, um, and so, you know, that's important, right? And it doesn't have to be these traditional male, female roles. It's like, 
you know, if it look ladies, if you have a guy out there that says, look, I'm very particular. I like a clean bathroom and I want to clean, you know, the, the latrine, the toilet, the, whatever you, you call it, let him. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and, but you know, don't, you don't have to force these roles where, okay, well, you're a woman. So you do the laundry, you know, for, for a long time, I helped my wife uh, doing the laundry. Now it's been, uh, shit, I don't even know when last time I went in the laundry room is, but it's been a long ass time. Uh, don't get me wrong uh, now. Uh, but, you know, it was important to dichotomize, you know, those roles and, you know, go where it fits naturally. Um, and, you know, if you're both slobs, then hire somebody to clean your house uh, because uh, a clean house is generally a house that's free of chaos. Right. Um, you know, that's right. one introduction of chaos that you can do is just have, you know, everything be untidy. So anyway, so, that was that was critical. Yeah. So I like that. Let me uh, let me take a few points off of that. Um, we, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, chaos management and dating. And uh, as far as living together, I actually don't, don't think that I'm like completely opposed to that i i actually did live together with my wife before we got married and all that stuff um and so like i don't don't think we really just disagree a whole bunch on it um i think it just you know my my perspective is kind of to the to the idea that i think people like you and i are uh are the exceptions to the rule And, and it sounded like you got it sounded like you started dating a little bit older is that is that correct maybe in the 20s or something yeah I was, uh, gosh, I think I was 24, 24, 25 when I met my wife. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. And, and yeah. so obviously, you know, everybody is different, but I do think that, uh, like I said, it, it's so cool to have different perspectives on, on these things. And like I said, you know, you and I have a very, very similar, uh, we, we started a little bit younger. I think we moved in together when I was around 19, um, which my parents were also okay. not happy about. Um, but I, I do think my perspective on it is, is flipped a little bit. And I, in, in the terms of, of chaos management, um, I think the only reason that my perspective has slipped on it in, in the last couple of months, and I don't want to stay on this, but in the terms of chaos management is that for me, and we'll have another discussion on this with somebody that, that thinks differently than, or did it differently than what I did it. Cause I don't want to have, you know, two people talking that did the exact same thing. Um, but I, I think it just introduces more opportunities for chaos, not necessarily guarantees it. I do think it introduces sure. a few more opportunities. Um, but let's, let's move to uh and again i think there's a lot of credence to what you say about being able to to understand how other people live so don't think i'm just like writing that mm-hmm. off and, and <laughs> completely disagree no, with you on it it's no problem at all it's, a, it's okay yeah but um let's let's move on because i i like what you said um about the uh the the creating a dichotomy of chores and you know to maybe give it a, a slogan or or put an official kind of bow tie on that i think one of the the ways that you can help manage chaos uh, especially and this this is at all stages of the marriage but is to is to let the person exercise order in the way that they want to um you know order isn't you know, the guy tells like, kind of like you said, order isn't everybody gets their way. Uh, order is, is I guess the opposite of chaos. What am I trying to say here is like you said, if your husband wants to do something, allow him to, to 
take that and and make it orderly not not be chaotic because fighting that fighting where he wants to direct his his attention to create order is only going to make things worse and more chaotic it, that's probably a clunkier way than yeah. what you said it but do you agree um yeah i definitely agree with that i agree with that yeah. and yeah that's that's that is critical and by the way you know that's the same thing this is no different than a coworker uh, a business partner right um you know you you go with if you're working in a job where you've got someone that is a counterpart then you figure out what each other's strengths and weaknesses are together or you're going to fail together right yes sir uh, or be successful so, together yeah i think i've i think i've written a phrase down that that matches a little bit what i'm trying to say it's the order needs to to follow the past of least uh, path of least resistance so that's yes you know order order to me seems to follow the path of of least resistance now not all the time because that could be you know the path of least resistance is throwing the mail on the uh throwing the mail on the on the table instead of putting it where it needs to go but what i mean in that sense is that if you're going to try to force order follow the path of least resistance as if you know i like to cook so i cook you know um yeah i think that's a pretty good way to kind of sum up what what you were saying um for sure Sweet. So there was another point that you had, uh, that you had said in there, um, trying to gather my, uh, trying to gather my thoughts. Oh, I do like how you, uh, talking about setting up kind of systems and controls, uh, kind of outside the marriage as well. When you said, you know, if you don't like cleaning the house, then, uh, if you don't like cleaning the house, then hire somebody else to, to clean the house. Um, yeah. You know, an important point there is that, you know, order doesn't always have to come within the uh, within the relationship, finding other forms of accountability and finding ways to outsource order that kind of follows the path of least resistance. Can you give me a few examples on kind of the way that you've done that of, of exercising accountability outside of the marriage uh, to, to get a little bit more order inside the marriage? Yeah. So, I mean, when you look at any number of tasks and, you know, when you're breaking them down for your household, uh, generally there's some big ones, right? It's uh, finances. That's one. Uh, who's going to do the finances in, in your house. And, uh, you know, I know husbands and wives, you know, right now that they still have separate bank accounts. Okay. Right. Uh, it's kind of mind blowing to me, to be honest. Um, and you know, those are the same, in general uh, that I see that are like, you know, Oh, it's boys night out. Oh, it's girls night out. And, you know, they brag about it. Oh, it's our girls weekend. We're going here. It's like, they look forward to and brag up the fact that they finally get to get away from their spouse. I can promise (laughs) (laughs) you that I've, I've never ever been that way. And my wife's never been that way. Um, In fact, up until, Oh shit, maybe, uh, maybe maybe about ten years ago, when I first started my first uh, you know big company that was more you know nationwide. That's the first time in my life that I'd ever like gone and met a friend for a drink. I didn't go out and hang out with my friends at bars and you know and come home late uh, for my wife. It wasn't like right. I looked forward to this break and reprieve to be away from her. Um, and you know, believe it or not, you know we we owned a business that we after you know, a few years, I'll fast forward a little bit. When we got out of the publishing company, we started our own publishing company. So she became my business partner. And that's another big 
you know, hurdle for a lot of couples that cannot make that work. And in general, it, it all comes down to trust. All of this does. Okay. So in, in the household, um, early on in our marriage, I managed all the finances and I did because things were really tight. Uh, we weren't, uh, you know, but first of all, we were broke when we first, uh, met each other, um, like broke, broke. And we would take what we call ashtray change dates. You know what I, what we had in the ashtray of the car with change, uh, was, you know, that's where, that's what we had to date that night, you know, so we can afford, uh, you know, uh, to, you know, go to a drive-in movie or go to, you know, go to the pier and have a beer, you know, um, nothing, nothing right. lavish. And, um, early on it was, it was really tight. And so I managed the finances and, and she seemed to be comfortable with that. And then after we got to a certain point in our, uh, you know, we became more successful, um, I'd say about, mm, probably about 50, 15 years, not quite 15 years ago, she started managing the finances. Um, and to be honest, I haven't looked at a bank statement or any of that stuff in 10 or 15 years. Um, now right. I know people again will be like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. And if they're saying that again, where, what are your trust issues uh, with your spouse? Um, and by the way, all the stuff that she's deducting from the checkbook uh, is all my expenses, by the way, <laughs> I'm the one you know, <laughs> spending money. Uh, it's a fact. So, uh, which is another, you know, portion of that, you know, she's never come to me and said, geez, honey, why did you buy another gun? You know, you have 300. Why would you buy another one? She's never said that not one time ever. Um, right. You know, it's, uh, you know, and I don't go to her and say, why'd you buy this pair of shoes or this pair of this? In fact, I own more shoes than my wife does. Um, so, uh, you know, again, we kind of have to get out of these, uh, traditional roles, a traditional mindset of what the role is, right? And just mm -hmm. go, what am I good at? What am I comfortable with? Whatever. Um, because we all have different upbringings. And so to circle back on the, uh, you know, overreaching point, yeah, when there's something that, you know, comes up, if, if, if you're a young couple and you buy a new house and now you've got a yard for the first time, um, and you haven't mowed a lawn since you were, you know, 11 or you never have. And you go, fuck, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Sorry. Am I allowed to say fuck on this? I don't know. Um, yes, you yes. Out. You are allowed to uh, say fuck. Okay. We, lo we love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. okay. Good. Uh, <laughs> no, so, <laughs> so, um, you know, if that's something that you're not comfortable with, then hire a freaking gardener to do your yard, right? If you can afford it, do it. Or if you, you go, look, my time is better spent doing this or that then hire somebody to do that thing. You know, I I'm having my floors refinished in my house here in a couple of weeks. The reality is I could, I could go rent a sander and, and figure out how to do this, but I'd rather not. Okay. I would rather have a professional come in and do that work early on. Right. We had our first house, my wife and I, we freaking took a sledgehammer. We demoed walls. We took out the paint. We scraped the popcorn off the ceiling. We did all that shit. Okay. I don't do any of that stuff anymore. Okay. Rarely do I touch any of that stuff. It's not because it's not because I don't know how uh, it's because my time, either my free time is more precious to me now than it used to be, or uh, the things that I could be doing to go out and make money or spend time with my kids or whatever are more important and I'll hire somebody to do that job. So, you know, don't be afraid to, uh, you know, to, to phone a friend or, 
or have somebody help out um, in an area that you're, you know, you're just not good at. Um, that doesn't yes, mean sir. you should be, you know, door dashing dinner every night. Um, you know, again, <laughs> especially as a newlywed couple, you got to kind of manage your finances uh, better, but you know, it, it, there, there's, there's no rule. You make those rules. Those are your rules. And those yes, rules sir. over time become your traditions. That, that's, yes, that's what becomes your own traditions for your family. So anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with everything you said. I think it goes well with the, uh, you know, when, when pursuing order follow the path of, uh, of least resistance, you know, uh, I'll give one quick antidote and we're running a little bit short on time, but, uh, I want to get, I want to d- ask you one more thing about, uh, I'm going to write that down. What's important, uh, that that actual the exact antidote or example that you gave of mowing a lawn uh that exact thing happened to us yeah. when we bought a uh when we bought the house i had we had always lived out in the country uh any lawn that we had mowed was done with a brush hog uh i had yeah. never manicured a lawn ever and uh, you know dl and <laughs> knew <laughs> dl and knew how to mow but not you know, it, we would have had to have learned and, uh, you know, my pride and arrogance, I, I did not want to have my wife out there in the front mowing the lawn, uh, which is funny because I actually really wanted to learn how to do it. But anyway, I, I hired that out for the first year that we lived here. Um, I said, look, mm-hmm. I can either spend $1,500, uh, buy a bunch of mowing equipment and we got the nicest yard, I mean, on the block. And I was like, I'm not going to lose this yeah. yard. I'm going to, I'm going to hire these people. Yeah. I'm going to watch how they do it. I'm going to um, learn. Yeah. And then next year, uh, and you know, just buying a house and a washer and all that stuff, dropping $2,000 on a, you know, on a mower and a weed and all that, I would have had to get, I would have had to have get, you know, got right. the lowest credit card, 0%. And that is a lot of resistance. Yep. Going into debt is a lot of resistance. The path of least resistance yeah. was paying it out monthly. And so, I, and what happened next year, I went and dropped $800 on a Toro and, and, you know, a couple hundred bucks on the weed eater and the, in the leaf blower and you know now my lawn doesn't look quite as good because i still kind of suck at it but um you know the path of least resistance is to do it myself instead of paying somebody else 1500 bucks uh a year right. and you know when my work picks up the path of least resistance might be having dl and do it for you know because she does like to mow she likes to be outside so the moment that i get tired yeah. of it then you know it may be have her do it um so now i, I really like no, that and uh, go ahead I was just say it's awesome because, you know, I can tell you, you know, when we got married, that's part of one of the things, right? Like you move in, you got your hat, like you, if you get a house, right? When we first mm-hmm. bought our first house, I'm like, I was looking forward to that stuff. Like, I'm like, man, I'm going to buy a, a lawnmower. I'm going to mow this lawn. Now, right. the lawn, now I have a couple acres of lawn. Back then I had, you know, about 150 square feet of lawn and boy, I'm telling you, I was like, I'm, this is my lawn. I'm mowing it. I bought a mower to mow literally a 150 square foot patch of lawn and a gas powered weed eater and, you know, all this other crap. I just went way overboard and I was like dead set on, I'm going to make this the greenest. It's going to be the best, you know, whatever. And I could, it was so patchy. I couldn't get it to grow. And I'm just like, this is not really going well. My flowers are doing well. And I I love growing flowers even to this day. Right. Uh, and then one day I'm driving home from work. I used to commute from West Los Angeles to uh, Tustin at the time. This is Southern California. And it's a 54 mile commute. Uh, 
Sweet, everybody. It looks like uh, we are back once again. Uh, I failed to do a single um, whole recording with Clint Walker, the man himself. Uh, it's going to it's gonna be a trend from here on out. I'm just going to hit end on every single podcast that we do so that we have a break in the middle. Uh, but yeah. any, anyway, for $15 a month, I could have solved my issue, but uh, I neglected <laughs> to. Um, so anyway, Clint, uh, I believe I... I had kind of, I kind of spaced out and freaked out when, when the meeting ended, I believe I was yeah. talking about my lawn and you were talking about when y'all bought a house. Um, yeah. so, so I, but my first house, uh, you know, is in, in Tustin, uh, California, Southern California. And I had a commute from, from, uh, from there to West Los Angeles every day. It was 54 miles. It was just absolutely horrible. Uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> some other time, but, uh, at any rate, uh, I had a TV in my car. And so that made it, uh, uh, tolerable. I would watch Judge Judy in the Newlywood game on my way to work, and then uh, <laughs> anyway, it's a long, it's a long story, but that's true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> I love Judge Judy, by the way. Um, so, <laughs> uh, and anyway, this is actually funny. I have to tell you this because we're talking about marriage and and you know the challenges of marriage. One big thing for me when I got married was we're going to go on this Newlywood game, and we're we're not only going to win. We're going to dominate. We're going to, you know, there's going to no answer that we cannot freaking answer perfectly. And I watched this thing every day on the way to work. And I would literally call my wife and I'd be like, hey, they just, you know, asked this question. So I'm just going to ask you so that we're, you know, getting on the same page. And, you know, if your husband was to go buy a new car today and, you know, what color would that car be? And she's like, well, it depends on the color, you know, type of car. And that's it. And she like goes and says, honey, what's my favorite color? What, what is, well, that depends on, and every single time I could ask her anything. Uh, it's asking, you know, what, uh, uh, what my eye color is. Well, that depends on if it's nighttime or whatever, you know, there was never, ever a straight answer. And we're long story short, we were failures before we even got to the show. We couldn't, there was no way for, for us to be on the same page with an answer. And yet here we are, you know, August of this year, married 23 years. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Newlyway game is not the measure of your success or potential success in the marriage. Uh, so we're in uh, Tustin by our first house. And I'm like, I am so excited to buy a lawnmower and mow my own lawn and all this stuff. Okay. And my lawn is literally like a hundred, 150 square feet tops. Okay. It's not very (laughs) big. Now this is, you know, Tustin, California. I mean, it's gated community. It's super nice. You know, that's a, you know, the most expensive 150 uh, square foot lawn you could find. And I was like, I've got to, I'm going to make this perfect. I was reading stuff on, you know, uh, uh, how to plant grass, you know, how to fix these patches. I just wanted it perfect. Right. And nothing I could do would solve my problems. It was, it, I, it was so freaking frustrating. My flowers, everything else is thriving, but my lawn, I just cannot get it. And one day I'm driving home uh, from work and I see this billboard on the five freeway. I'm headed south and it said, need help? Call Jesus. And it was a number. And so I called that number. And uh, two days later, a guy named Jesus showed up at my house and said he was there to mow my lawn. So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and, and he 
did the most immaculate lawn. He had that thing whipped into shape in no time at all. So anyway, for what it's worth, if, uh, if you need help with your lawn, call Jesus and God uh, is good. Or Jesus in that case. That <laughs> yes. is good. That, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, oh. that's that, man. That's, it's so awesome because it, it just, it, the, the fact that people have all these uh these similar experiences that's something i'm really looking forward to on on this this series specifically is uh getting all those similar experiences because it, it just it, it, i never realized how intimidating the lawn was you know what i'm saying yeah. like until i had one and then the stupid neighbor two doors down decided to tell me that it was the best one on the block because i bought in winter and I had I had no clue, you know, everything's yellow. And then he comes yeah. over here and he's like, You uh you're the only thing holding these property values together. Like <laughs> this, like your lawn is the only thing uh, uh that keeps these property values where they're at. And uh, he's like, Oh yeah, also I mow lawns for a living. So um, you know, don't fuck it oh. up. <laughs> and so right. and, and I'm like, brilliant. Okay, you 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 come over and uh and and I mean he's right. We have the nicest, you know, land where we did uh had have the the nicest landscaping and and lawn and i'm doing everything i can to keep it together and you know once once i can afford to have somebody take care of the flower beds and all that stuff the flower beds are are where i really struggle um i've got people spraying chemicals i've got uh you know people seeding and stuff like that i'm doing the lawn mowing myself but once i can have somebody that'll maintain the flower beds um or you know maybe once my grandma retires i may you know put her a spare bedroom in there and her full-time job will just be taking care of flower beds. But once I will, it'll be back to its former glory. But um, that's so cool that you had such a similar experience. And your, your grandma's like, my back hurts. And you're like, well, now your arms are going to hurt too. Cause you just pulled landscaping <laughs> duty. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I need those two trees removed. So I don't, I don't care. And then all of her, all of her, all of her pain pills are gone because I have a little bit of, a, of an issue. So. <laughs> Yeah, but, no, I'm. Uh, I totally feel. I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, that's a that's a thing. Well, what's funny is today, like, so now I have like two acres of lawn, and I I've mastered the lawn thing. Like, I've got it, you know, where it's pristine in all areas and all that stuff. However, I have not mowed the lawn here at my house now in. It's got to be five years because at one point my, my kids got to an age where it was like, Ooh, they might be able to mow the lawn. And I'm talking like, you know, your lawnmower has like this automatic shutoff thing. If there's not a certain amount of weight on the seat. And yeah. I was literally putting a brick, you know, here, hold this brick and <laughs> mow the freaking lawn. And cause I got to a point where I was like, you know, that's why I had kids, you know, so I could, right. you know, it's like a, you know, put them to work. And um, anyway, then, and the kids have done really well at it and it's a good way for them to earn money. But my wife started on the lawn and between them, it's like you have to fight over it now. And so now I just kind of let them rip and I sit out on the patio over the lake and, enjoy a cigar and, and, a and a scotch and it just works out brilliantly now. Um, so yep. that's the best view, by the way, when your kids are mowing the lawn and your yard and, you know, so a, a veil of cigar smoke that you're looking through as you're watching that, that's probably one of the best views you can ever have as a, as a parent. So that's, yeah, that's I'm awesome. sure this, yeah. this podcast is going to generate all kinds of mail. Uh, so, you know, let's <laughs> put an address 
put your email address in there or something, okay? <laughs> and change my name. Change at least the spelling of it in this uh, podcast. Okay. Yeah, I'll, qu- I'll put like Clint Laker in there. Just leave the yeah, Clint Laker. That's yeah. what I'll do. Yeah. Um, there you but, go. Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> that's 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 funny. Um, yeah, man. No, that that's giving me something to look forward to, dude. That, that's a that's a really good picture that you that you put out there, and I can imagine how uh, how awesome that is. Yeah, having your having your six year old son out there, you know, eating weight or uh, lifting weights and crushing donuts so that he can get heavy enough to get heavy enough to turn the lawnmower yeah. on. That's <laughs> um, yeah. or, or you'd have a friend spend the night and I'm like look you can both sit on that seat you guys can hold that <laughs> thing down go for a ride you know put the blade down and just go uh, <laughs> yeah. awesome awesome man well yeah. uh you've given us a lot of good uh a lot of good kind of ideas on on chaos ma- chaos management and i think the big takeaway here that that you and i kind of both agreed on is that uh when you're trying to create order follow the path of least resistance that's if your kids want to you know kids want to mow the lawn let them mow the lawn if your wife wants to um fix the plumbing let her fix the plumbing if she can if she's good at it <laughs> and you know this this idea yeah. of, of least resistance whatever whatever creates the the least amount of pain and and suffering that that is still creating order that's the path that you need to follow um you know debt is a lot of resistance understand that uh if you get into a lot of debt uh trying to create order the the likelihood for chaos is going to be pretty high so um yeah yeah for sure awesome clint well i really appreciate you coming on do you have any any last words before we uh before we end the pod no, I, honestly, guys, like, first off, you know, you want to find somebody, first thing I do is get out there, get off the app, get out there um, and get out there. It doesn't mean going to a bar with a bunch of friends and getting a wingman and, and whatnot. It means, you know, going places that uh, you enjoy. And if, you know, your thing is fishing, hunting, whatever, then, you know, you're going to, I believe in the laws of attraction. Okay. There's a, the right. universe pulls us together. So allow the laws of attraction to work for you. And, um, you know, not everyone's going to be the right one. Make the decision to say, this isn't the one early. Uh, don't put yourself through the pain and agony thinking that you got to force something to work. If you're trying, if you're forcing it, it's time to pop smoke and get out. Yes, sir. Awesome. No, and, uh, just wrapping up on that topic, uh, the apps, I actually heard, uh, you know, Dennis Prager, um, from Prager, you, yeah, yeah. uh, D- daily wire, yeah, all these yeah. guys, um, there was a, <laughs> they said something about the dating apps. They were like, uh, they were like, Oh yeah. I, I don't know if it was Prager and I may be putting words in his mouth. And if I am, I'm sorry, but he said, Oh, the dating apps are wonderful. I love them. And everybody's kind of like, excuse me, sir. You know, like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, if you want to know all the people that you don't want to date in one place, um, he was like, get on the dating apps and just write down all the names of the people that you like. You're narrowing down your pool of all the people that you don't have to waste your time with. Um, there you go. So, there but, you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, awesome. No, Clint, this is this has been really cool. I look forward to having you on again. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, end the recording, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit afterwards. But thank you, thank you everybody for um, tuning into the One Flesh podcast. This has been absolutely awesome. I, I'm so glad that we're able to have uh, you know awesome people like Clint on. I can't wait for y'all to see uh, some of the other people that hopefully we can get on as well. And uh, always super informative. Tune into the uh, regular, uh, the the standard uh, edition of the Purpose Podcast. On on Sundays where we talk about finding and fulfilling your purpose and, and the ways to do that and, and how to get better through uh, finding and fulfilling your purpose. So thanks guys. Appreciate it.